to the Real Estate Addicts Podcast. This is episode 48 with your hosts, Mark Savatsky from Cheese Boston. Dan Rubin, HRV Homes. And Ray Herto, HRV Homes. And joining us today is our guest, Creighton Jones from Revishelf. Beautiful. So Revishelf, Jones Plastics, all kind of under the same family of companies. Have you guys started making ventilators yet? <laughs> we, we have not started making ventilators. Actually, we did start to make uh, some, uh, they hate this term, but sneeze guards. Uh, oh. We're calling them, you know, the acrylic dividers or, or whatever it may be for the, uh, the, the retailers and the, the countertops, things like that. So we have started to make those uh, out of some acrylic that we do a, a light panel program for and have been selling them uh, online and through some distribution so far here over the last couple of weeks, but have not fired up any ventilators. That's cool. Well, we're excited that you're joining us. This is your first podcast? Yep, this is my first podcast. So uh, kind of that whole uh, long-time listener, first-time caller deal. I've listened to several <laughs> podcasts. I've never been on one. <laughs> yeah, you, get, you have a little bit of an accent going. Where Where are you uh, joining us from? So we're. Uh, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, born and raised, been here all my life. So yeah, I guess a little Southern Kentucky accent. It sounds uh, normal to me, though. So is it Louisville or Louisville? Louisville. 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 So we're the ones that sound weird to you. Absolutely. <laughs> we, were, we were the originals, right? Like, we're in Boston. That's where, like, that's where the country started. I mean, I can't get you there. I mean, technically, that's true. It's hard to argue with that. But, you know, we got some good stuff going on down here and uh, a lot of fun, a little Southern... Uh, Southern charm, I guess. So uh, you guys like to come visit here. We should have gotten bourbon for this. Yes, that would have been fun. But Uh, I'd say last time we were together, we were drinking some good wines and bourbons. I think we were all out uh, for a steak dinner in Las Vegas, right? For the, uh, for the builder's show. Absolutely. The, uh, what seems so long ago, one of the last glimpses of normalcy uh, compared to what we're used to uh, today. But yeah, no, we had a good time out there and uh, you guys came by the booth. We got to check out some of that stuff. And dude, somebody was doing the handle on one of the uh, the Instagram deals there. So yeah. that was pretty cool and had a lot of fun. That's always a good show. That's uh, that's my favorite show to go to, especially when yeah. it's in Vegas. And you're in the Reva Shelf booth is, I think, one of our favorite. It's like seeing magic tricks constantly <laughs> everywhere you go. So anyway, tell us a well, little bit. Our marketing yeah. guys would love to hear that. They um, We call that show... For us at Revis Shelf, that, that's our Super Bowl every year. We're coming out with products all throughout the year. We try to hone in on our uh, new product launches around that show because uh, we look at it as, you know, that, that's our one opportunity throughout the year to really get in front of probably maybe 70 to 80% of our customer bases. We've got distributors that are out there. You got the OEM cabinet guys that are out there. You know, you got consumers that are coming to and from, and it's, you know, it's an opportunity to get in front of them and that product and kind of show the bells and whistles because not that many people can get excited over a garbage can unit, you know, on the internet. I, I can, and I can talk <laughs> it up. But when you can show somebody how that actually works, it goes a much longer way. When you see it online, sometimes it's, it looks basic. You might not see all the, uh, the, the functionalities of it. So, so, uh, so no, that's always basics. a good show. Walk us back. What is RevShop? What kind of products do you guys make? Give us sort of the high level. So Revis Shelf, we, we do a uh, whole home organization, you could call it. We've got a big focus in uh, kitchen organizational products, bathroom vanities, as well as closets. But what I like to tell people is 
we make the organizers that go inside your cabinets. And our goal there is we want to maximize the storage space within your cabinet. We want to bring things out to you. We want to give you a place for everything. We want to get stuff off your countertop uh, and utilize that space down there below. So that's on the Revishelf side. And then we also have the, the Tresco lighting. So we do the residential and commercial lighting within Revishelf as well. Uh, under cabinet, toe kick, uh, inside cabinet lighting and all that with the uh, the sensors and the different zones. So whole home organization is our forte there. Yeah, it's cool, man. I think some of my favorite products too are even the bathroom vanity organizers. I think that's another space, you know, where we develop and build space is always a premium, right? Like every square inch counts. And so typically our bathrooms, we're trying to get medicine cabinets. We're trying to do drawers instead of doors. And uh, the organizational solutions that you guys had, even for the vanities, I thought were super cool and are are just those little special elements, I think, that indicate to a buyer quality. So we talked with Ben Ueda a few weeks ago. As developers, we typically look to a budget as save, 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 spend. And you want to spend it strategically. And I I think that you have a lot of cool products where at an open house, a buyer looks at and and really wows. So yeah, can you break down a little bit your your target market? So you talked a little bit about distributors, OEM, direct to consumer. Break down where all you know your sales come from from a percentage standpoint, and is developer in that bucket? Uh, for us, I would say our target market is is just customers, uh, and I say that because we we joke here internally that we will do anything for our customers, and we have them in all different avenues. So. Uh, originally, the way we started is we were selling direct to the, the big cabinet shops. So we were an OEM supplier uh, over the years that developed into our distribution model. We're filling uh, distributor warehouses all around the uh, North America here, and they are supplying their, their cabinet shops there in their smaller markets. Then we got the uh, direct consumer business where we uh, work with a company called uh, VM Innovations, uh, also known as uh, Spreetail. And we sell direct to them. They've got six DCs and they fill our e-commerce orders. So they're set up on the Amazon marketplaces, the Target.coms, the Home Depot.coms, the Bed Bath & Beyonds, the Wayfairs, and they're facilitating that e-commerce marketplace customer base for us. So for us, you've got our, our consumer market, you've got the wholesale market, which would be our distributors, and then you've got our uh, the, the big OEM cabinet shops. That's kind of a cool concept. I've never known that there were companies out there that instead of you having to go to Amazon and Bill.com and Wayfair, there's one company that will just handle all of that distribution for you. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and they started. They uh, they they become a good partner here over the last year. We were going direct just with Amazon, uh, some of the others, and we still do fill some smaller stuff with them directly. But the VM Innovation partnership, so to speak, I guess is been going on for about the past year. They're out of uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, and they've done a great job for us with, with helping get that stuff out there. So the uh, power of the internet is very true there, even with our products. What, what would you say are maybe like, from a developer standpoint, like the top five things that we would may want to, we may want to consider when building and specking out a kitchen or working with a designer, that sort of thing? Let me piggyback one thing on that, Brady. And how do you deal with corners? which are my nemesis. Back to you. Deal with what? Corners. The blind corners? Uh, just corners and closets and kitchens. 
What do we look for? What do we do? Closets and bathrooms are always going to be unique because, you know, you're always working with that given space that they have there. So there can be a lot of variety, especially in what, you know, what kind of vanity or what kind of depth closet uh, cabinet that they can put in there. So that, that always gets interesting. As far as the kitchen goes, I, if you can't find a, a, a corner option, whether it's a blind corner or it's a, a, a 90 degree corner cabinet, there, a lazy Susan cabinet from us then I, you maybe just need to reach out to me directly. We, we have products for every single one of those openings, depths. Uh, we started as a Lazy Susan company. We were known to be a Lazy Susan company for probably uh, 90% of our life here. And now we've turned into more of a waste container company just from sales. So to go back to your original question, you had to pick five things when specking out that, that kitchen. Everybody needs a garbage can. So you got to have one of those in there. You know, some people prefer that freestanding, but sealing a garbage can right there within the cabinet. It's got soft clothes that you can pull out, you know, all different variety of one, two uh, waste container units, all the way from 20 quarts up to, uh, there's a uh, 74 quart unit. They call it, <laughs> call it a monster uh, waste container. Um, it's on a uh, 450 pound slide. It's got a 250 pound weight rating. So um, sell those to a lot of fraternities. Yeah, we, uh, we sell them a lot to marketing here for displays is what I've noticed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of no charge orders. I mean, it was a little bit of a statement product that just, hey, you know, we, we can have the basics all the way to this. So that waste container unit, everybody's got a sink in their kitchen. And a basic uh, product there is that sink front tip out tray. You know, if you've got the kitchen uh, base there, the sink base, it comes all the way out to the front. That really keeps you from being able to put that tip out tray but it's a nice way to hide those, you know, dirty sponges, dish cleaners, things like that. So they're not just kind of sitting up there. You know, you either got to have a cup for it or awkwardly let it drip into the sink or just leave it in there. So you got your waste container unit, you got that tip out tray. And I'll go back to the sink base because this is on top of the waste containers and the tip outs, which we manufacture here in the U.S. It's a drip tray for that sink base floor. And is all it does is help you collect water down there. So you go out of town, you get a leak, or you're just not in that cabinet very often, you know, that cabinet can bottom can mold out there. You got granite mm-hmm. countertops. Now you go, got to go through that whole process of you know, cutting that open, getting that cabinet out just to fix that. This little drip tray, I think it's like a 40 to $50 unit. It could save you several hundred uh, to a thousand dollars there in a very basic product. So that would be the three that I would put in there from there. Everybody's got spices. So Door inserts go very well, whether it's with the utensils or a little spice insert there uh, to put your bottles. Those are always go-to products. Uh, and then if you had the fifth one, I would put what I call, it's our uh, 448 series. So it's a uh, base cabinet wood pantry pullout unit. Um, we've got them designed with three to four adjustable shelves in there where you can put like canned goods, stuff like that. We've got them with uh, knife blocks where it has a, uh, a plastic a little straw, kind of flower pot almost deal. And you can just throw the knife blades in there. So we've got them with that, the utensil organizers, little bain-marie pots, uh, and then a, um, an OXO container unit where you can put, you know, maybe some baking supplies or uh, anything uh, that you store in there that'll pull out. And those range from a, a, a base nine cabinet and they'll go all the way up into a, uh, a base 18. That's sweet. Hey, I got a question. Pots and pans and uh, pots and pans drawers. 
sometimes I feel like I'm, I can actually get more storage by just like nesting one into the next and piling them all in. But I really do appreciate the like organized look rather than the chaos. What's the right balance there? You think that I sacrifice on quantity of pots and pans if I use an organizer or uh, should I just do my typical uh, chaos? Uh, <laughs> you know, I, you just do you, Mark. And whatever you prefer there, you know, Dan and I went through this when we were going through some product the other week and my stove only has four burners. Uh, Okay. Okay. So I don't know why we need 12 skillets. I'll tell you this. My fiance wants 12 skillets in that cabinet. We're putting 12 skillets in that cabinet and I'm not going to get another word, but you know, it's, it's really, it's what you want. The nice thing about some of these organizers is it does, it limits you. So what you're able to store in there, but I think it gives you realistic limitations. You don't need 12 baking sheets. You can only fit a couple in there, but you know, if you want to put them in the bottom where you can have a big stack, kind of so be it. So it does help you with that when you put this stuff in, is it kind of forces you to prioritize and you know have what you need there and, and, and not have you know excessive stuff. I'm gonna Thanks. make sure my wife listens to this episode. <laughs> Hey, the good thing is, too, is when you're unloading the dishwasher, everybody knows where things go. You know, you can't just kind of pick a drawer. That's where the pots and pans go. You can't put the plates in there. You're saving marriages, buddy. It might be ruining some, too. But no, I, I, I think that that's... <laughs> do you know how often I get accused of putting a pot in the wrong, in the wrong drawer or something? It's, these, are real, these are real things. I just hope you're not letting it bother you still. You're doing God's work. My biggest issue is I can't figure out where to put the, the tops to all the pots. So I end up having this like huge pile, middle of the night, grab something, the whole thing falls, the kids wake up. It's a disaster. Oh, but, absolutely. I think, but I think that by having some of these products and, and maybe as a developer planning and, and putting some of these things in there, you kind of like the rest of the house and the rest of the layout that you're doing with the house, you're, you're kind of making a template and a layout for the kitchen. So, or I think that, to the point earlier of, of closets and vanities or more so closets. I think everybody has their own customizations that they want to do themselves. And someone might have a lot of spices, but someone else might have a lot of pots and someone else, someone else might have a lot of other stuff. So I think having that base model with, you know, at least having the trash, you know, the trash cans and having the pull-out drawers and having the lazy Susans or the blind corner pull-outs and having that baseline of stuff and then just being even able to offer to your buyers the number of options that they may not even know exist for the kitchens. I think that in of itself is huge value and it's a good selling point to, to buyers. Oh, absolutely. It's a, um, you know, there's still that, that need for people to kind of see that product and feel it at times, but it, it does, it brings value, you know, to your cabinets. It brings organization there uh, and getting it specced out on the front end makes it a lot easier uh, on the consumer or the homeowner, whoever it may be. But the nice thing about our stuff as well is, you know, if they don't want to make that decision right then and there is that stuff is it's retrofittable. It's we've got, I think maybe a, a percent of our product line, possibly less that you've got to do in new construction. And that's really our, our fillers that get sandwiched between cabinets. 
to help utilize that dead space when we talk about that. And then a, uh, a couple lazy Susans there that you just got to be able to go through the top because of the diameter of that tray. But, you know, you can plug and play. You can take stuff in and out. You know, you can exchange the products. You can add as you go. So uh, there's a lot of variety there and it's pretty user-friendly to install. If you want to outfit an entire kitchen, I mean, how much would you say fitting out an entire, you know, it's tough to say based on the size, but like a standard L kitchen with an island with like a six or seven foot island, would it add 10%, 20% to the overall cost if I wanted to retrofit the whole thing with your stuff? I think probably 10% is fair. What, what, well, how do you maybe you're like per cabinet? I guess each accessory is a little different. Yeah, that's how I was trying to look at it. You know, maybe that that seventy-five to a hundred dollar range per cabinet. You know, thinking if you're going to get a couple kind of low end items there, such as a uh, you know a tip out tray, that drip tray, uh, some maybe tray divider type stuff. Uh, you know, some accessory type items, I guess so to speak, versus you know maybe a pull out waste container, a little base pantry unit, something of that nature. So, I mean, it can it can range all over the place. I can tell you, it can go from fifty dollars all the way up to, you know, $1,500, $1,600 for a cabinet there. But that's when you start to get into some, you know, very high-end pantry stuff uh, for large cabinets. So I think that probably $100 per cabinet's a, a fair number. I really do mean what I said earlier, where, like, I think at an open house, our buyer, the first thing they do is they open the drawers and they slam the doors. And it used to be enough to just have soft clothes. And that was like, oh, cool. But like, I think more and more that the kitchen is one of the most important features. And I think if you open that cabinet and like a mixer stand pops up or like they're already thought out where the, the pots and pans are going to go and it's all organized for you. I think those touches uh, speak volumes. Uh, again, you know, it's being that, that hands-on in-person, um, you know, a little bit of that wow factor, like you said, with the mixer lift. So uh, we, we've been able to develop a, uh, a very diverse and high quality product line. We've got some guys that have been in our product development team uh, and department up here for years that have been a big part of that. So we have very passionate employees that really care about what they do. And I think that shows in the products that we're able to offer. I well, noticed I that so. some of your stuff is you're, you're doing walnut for some of your stuff now too, which is a really, really cool. I love walnut color. Everybody loves the walnut. Not everybody loves it when they see the price, but it is a, it looks great. It's very nice. It looks good in that frameless kind of European style sleep kitchen. It goes very well in a design like that. So nice products. So, I mean, how, how many products are you typically coming out with new products are you coming out with per year? Well, the last couple of years we we've toned down a little bit as far as SKUs, it's 25 to to 50 new SKUs probably every year. You know, we might come out with a, uh, a new charging door box, but, you know, we got three different sizes there. Now for us, we also might sell that with slides and without drawer slides. So one product category, you know, now became six SKUs that are going into our system there because it's under six different part numbers with the three different sizes and then the two different options there. I can tell you in 2016, was the largest launch that we had. It was around 186 uh, new SKUs uh, that were launched. Uh, in this past year, we launched, I think it was just under uh, 40 new SKUs. Are you retiring SKUs as you go to or no? We're not retiring as many as we're adding. So we are losing on that ratio there. But we, we do, 
uh, we, we cycle out some, some old stuff, stuff that's not moving, but we also, we, we want to carry some of that low volume stuff, which sounds a little odd, but that's what we kind of like to be to our, our customers is we want them to be able to come to us and kind of a one-stop shop type deal versus, you know, having to get, they can only get waste containers from us and they got to go here to get, you know, their glue and here to get their gloves and all that stuff. Uh, we want them to be able to get everything they need for their uh, whole home organization through us. How do you, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, you're just creating solutions to problems that didn't exist before. But like, how do you guys actually create the products? So do you have people that use kitchens, like a test kitchen? Do you get feedback? I mean, you guys have obviously been in this business for a long time, but that's a lot of new SKUs. So how do you find these problems and, and organizational efficiencies? That, that, was, that was my question. The R, what's the R&D like? Uh, yeah, possibly. like the super shoes. That one stands out. You like the shoes in? What is the shoes in, right? For shoes? Shoes in. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tough one to pronounce. <laughs> I like Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> we do our annual spelling bee out here. Uh, <laughs> so, the, uh, so the R&D process. So uh, as far as kind of new product ideas, we watch a lot of the trends out there in the market in communications with the, uh, the the kitchen dealers, the designers, whether it's uh, sales guys out there, our marketing team going to different, you know, conferences, trade shows, uh, in, in correspondence with people in the industry. So as far as just kind of design trends, colors, you know, are people leaning towards round wire versus flat wire, that kind of stuff, we use those services for that. Uh, with new product ideas, it could be coming from those um, those industry uh, surveys where you know people are asking you know what what items are they trying to organize that they don't have something for. Uh, we do a lot of our new products internally here with just a little trial and error uh, and employee feedback. We've got a department that is our product development department, which is our engineers, and they're part of that again product development and then on the design side uh, as well. So their collaboration, and then customer requests too. You know, again, we sell to a lot of the big major OEM cabinet guys, the smaller cabinet manufacturers, and they've got people coming in there asking them, hey, you know, what can I put in that cabinet to be able to store uh, plates or, or bowls or cups or pots and pans, whatever it is, and we'll kind of take that run with it and develop something and get it out there, um, you know, a lot more internally here and get some feedback and that's what we use those trade shows for. And we have to make improvements to it down the road. We continue to do so. I'm basically like Gordon Ramsay these days with no restaurants being open. So uh, <laughs> spending a lot of time in my kitchen. We do, uh, we do Hello Fresh, which is kind of like Blue Apron, if you're yep. familiar. So they send us, uh, I get three meals. A week. But um, I guess one thing, all the utensils, right? I have this big cylinder on my countertop. And it's like chock full of every, uh, you know, spatula, whisk, soup ladle, et cetera. Is there any way to get rid of that stuff? Can you make Absolutely. that product for me? That's a, uh, we've got a, a base, a 448, a base cabinet wood pantry pullout. And we've got it in a five inch all the way up to a 14 inch wide unit. And it's got the Ban Marie pots in there, probably the same style Ban Marie pot you got sitting on your counter with all those ladles in it and everything. Yeah. It's designed to nest those and you can put them right in there. So it's off your countertop. You can store that. 
you guys need like um like a tagline. Set it and forget it. <laughs> Can we use that one? I think it's got a copyright. <laughs> you know, Mark, they used to let me do install videos and then they started to pick up on my level of maturity with that kind of stuff. Uh, and so I was moved into a different role. I think I still hold the record for our most views on an install on YouTube. I'm not well, actually sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, <laughs> hey, why is everybody watching that video so many times? Has there been any product failures over the years? Like the lazy shoes in that you were super excited about and then it like didn't sell one, anything like that? I can't say it because it's our GM's baby, um, <laughs> but our, our monster waste container it, it's a, is a beautiful product that we needed and he did a fantastic job on it. It just has not moved the way that he intended. And he takes heat from all his sales guys whenever they get the opportunity. So if David ends up hearing that, that is, I love the product. I thought it was a great <laughs> idea and I think we could sell more. <laughs> Try the mafia. Maybe they need it. <laughs> well, we have to give those away. We're already giving them away to marketing. <laughs> do we? Do you? Um, do you produce everything in house? So, manufacturing wise, again, kind of like the customer base, we design everything in house. Uh, we source product from Asia. We have a uh, an office over in Hangzhou, China. Uh, we've got eight representatives over there from an administrative and uh, quality uh, control aspect. Then we have quality representatives. Uh, at the site levels that uh, handle inspections there. We also source work out of uh, Vietnam uh, as well and uh, a, a few uh, European uh, vendors out of uh, Italy uh, that we work with there. So uh, we're very heavily involved in our manufacturing that's overseas. And then on the domestic side, we do a lot domestically. We do all of our own injection molding. Uh, we do deal with a, a few sub molders here within uh, Kentucky and Indiana. Uh, that we've done business with for some of them 30 plus years. And then uh, a lot of uh, plating and uh, stamping uh, vendors here domestically that we work with, as well as uh, some of the slide manufacturers. Talk to us a little bit about American manufacturing. I think just Jones Plastics is a really cool company. This is obviously something that's in the news a lot these days is just, uh, you know, American manufacturing and, uh, and whether we should be thinking about bringing our supply chain domestically. How have you guys managed to, to really stand up to the test of time and uh, continue to innovate? And, and what's, what's your sense on that, that topic? So we, we, have a, we have some products that are, are completely 100% U.S. made. We advertise the, the heck out of that. We're very proud of that. And I think it is something to be, to be proud of there. As far as just kind of manufacturing back in the States, I would support it 100%, and I'd love to be able to bring it back, and I hope we can kind of continue towards you know, that effort uh, here across the country. Uh, as far as our effort kind of individually, I tell you, we, we take a select group of products every year, and we have those requoted with domestic manufacturers here, and we can't compete. That's the problem is you know, you're, you're talking anywhere from – 30 to 60% higher per part before it even leaves those manufacturers facility in comparison to what we can get it to at our door at the same, it probably a little bit, maybe higher level of quality domestically, but they're all sourcing a lot of their lumber from the same countries and areas. So we've got to be able to compete here in the States 
from a manufacturing standpoint to get products out to the consumer level, you know, for us to get there completely. But I tell you, Mark, we, we would love to have our catalog 100% made in the U.S. And we are going to continue to try to work towards getting as much of that stuff manufactured here domestically that we have in the past. And we'll look at it every year. And it's not all across the board. There's items that we're able to move there. Um, so you're not striking out completely, but there's a big disparity there. But when you start yeah. quoting here domestically, so. Well, that's cool, man. I admire what you guys are doing. So it's always fun hanging out with you guys. I hope next time uh, we're together, maybe it's in Vegas again or somewhere fun. Absolutely. But, uh, Dan, Ray, you guys got any last questions? No, I think, I mean, this is, this has been amazing. Great. And you killed it for your first podcast. <laughs> Awesome. I appreciate it. Even if you guys are lying, you look very honest. So no, I appreciate it. <laughs> Dude. It's the New England charm. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the red or the white? Crane, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. If folks want to find Revashelf, uh, look into your products. Uh, where, where can they find you? Where can they buy it? So if they just want to look at our products, go to Revashelf.com. We've got great videos, images, things of that nature where you can kind of get an idea there. But to go buy it, look for a local distributor, which you can find a link at the bottom of our page there to find somebody in your area that inventories that material. And then you can also always go online to, you know, like we all do, to Amazon.com. There's stuff there on Walmart, Target. We sell a limited line there in low stores. So I would tell any listeners out there, as much as I would love for you to buy our stuff from RevenueShelf.com because you're buying it, it's suggested list. So the margins are tremendous there. You don't need to pay that much for the product. Go to one of these other avenues, save yourself a little bit of money. So maybe you can buy two or three items instead of one. Cool, man. Well, I'm not editing that out. We're keeping that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I need a recording to that in case we ever do a commercial. <laughs> good <laughs> well cheers man thanks for everybody for listening for rating and uh for reviewing we appreciate you all listening and be well yep stay safe everyone right, thank you guys good. take care